0: It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language. But the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. John chapter 12, verses 12. The Bible says, on the next day much people will come to the feast. Which feast was that? Which feast was it? Passover. And when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem... The Bible says, they took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna, blessed is he, the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, blessed is he, the king of Israel that comes in the name of the Lord. They were excited because the king had come. And Jesus, when he found a young ass, sat thereon, as it is written. Verse 15 says, fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, thy king cometh. Sitting on an coat. colt. Where is it written? Praise God. And the Bible says, and these things understood not his disciples at the first. But when Jesus was glorified, then remember they that these things were written of him. And that they had done these things unto him. They remembered finally that these things were written of him. And they had done these things unto him. They remembered finally that these things were written of him and that they had done these things unto him. But that was after the what? After his glorification, his death, crucifixion, his resurrection. That's when it comes to them that these things were written of Jesus and that they were done for him or unto him. Somebody shout hallelujah. So now let me put this story in context. Israel is a struggling nation. It is struggling under the tyrant hand and rule of Rome, the empire. Rome has refused them to be a nation. They are supervised by Rome. They are attended by Rome. They are attended by Rome. They are supervised by Rome. They are led by Rome. Their affairs are determined by Rome. The laws are of Rome... The leaders are of Rome. Everything is of Rome. Of course, in there, in their little tribes and cultures, Rome works with a few leaders of theirs, like the, the high priests, the Sadducees, the Essenes, and all these guys. But all of them are subject and rule of Rome. And Israel wants to be free. Israel has believed to be free. And look at how this occasion in history happens in the right time, and that was the time of Passover. Those of you know the story of Passover, yes, that was the day that God redeemed Israel, right? And, and put an angel of death to kill Egyptians, right? It was one of the most notable revelations um, in the history of Israel because God defeated men without the Israelites raising a single weapon. That was proof that God can fight without you applying anything. It always reminded them that you don't need guns. You don't need armory. You don't need spears, sword and javelin. You don't need nuclear warheads when you have God. He cleared the lives of of Egyptians to prove to them that I'm still the God of Israel. They might be in bondage but I'm their God. So Passover was a special day for them. And church history has taught us that every time a Passover came through it was a huge reminder for their victory. And many times We've had experiences in church history where they've spoken of revolutions. They always started in the time of the Passover because they always reminded themselves and some are one or two groups start stirring up uh, other people. And then through that, they want to fight and remind themselves of that victory. And many of them used to do it carnally. And some were killed even earlier. So Passover was one of the most supervised uh, feasts of the Jews by Rome. Rome used to supervise every moment. In fact, even in the quarter where they used to worship, they had built a little tower where they would look at them to supervise their worship. Least in the mind of worshipping, gone together and take over Israel, which was a very pivotal um, entity to the history and understanding of Israel as we know it. Praise God. So it was beautiful for us to see that. Now, If you have Jerusalem, you have Israel. You understand? Because it's the center, it's the capital. It's the mother of us all, the Bible says. It's above and free, the Bible calls it. Somebody shout hallelujah. So we have a situation where they're in a Passover, so they're in the mood of of seeing victory, right? Right? And they know that they are spiritual people. They are cognizant of the reality that they are a spiritual people. They know that they are people of God. They know that they have a covenant with God. They know that they have a relationship with God. They know that somehow God will one time come through them. They read the Torah. They know the victories God has given them in their hands. They have stories they've told their children's children. They know that one day things will change and they'll have victory as a nation. So it's only a matter of time. And then, of course, this wonderful leader, charismatic fellow, comes through. They hear a story of this guy healing the sick, casting out devils, cleansing lepers, right, raising the dead. Not so wonderful. It's beautiful to hear. It's a wonderful experience to even imagine that there's somebody as such. But they are not looking for a healer. They are not looking for a deliverer just simply for the body and the flesh. They're not looking for a miracle worker. No, they're looking for somebody to deliver them from the hand of Rome. They're looking for a charismatic hero to come through and defeat Rome as a kingdom and then help establish their own kingdom. And so he sends for a donkey, a donkey's young one, the ass, the fowl like of an ass, right? And then he says, you know what? He marches through Jerusalem. And as he marches through Jerusalem, many who have been waiting for the victory of Israel Many who have been waiting for the deliverance of that nation, all of them think, hmm, maybe a king has finally appeared and we're going to rally behind him. He comes with power, he comes with force, he comes with glory, he comes with everything that we need for the victory of our nation. And then they start screaming, right? But also in there, there's a suspicion. And this is really me thinks, right? Personal conviction. When I studied the Feast of the Tabernacles, right, which happens about six months later, Zechariah 14 and 16 speaks of an event that looks like the Feast of Tabernacles right? He says, and it shall come to pass that everyone that is left of all the nations which came against Jerusalem shall even go up from year to year to worship the king the Lord of hosts and to keep the feast of tabernacles and the next verse says, and it shall be that whosoever will not come up all the families of the earth unto Jerusalem to worship the king the Lord of hosts even upon them shall be no rain I have a feeling that there are even people in there that think maybe even the feast of the tabernacles has been pulled to the time of the passover, so that we are both coming to worship the king at the same time. Have victory, right? Because in the Hebrew culture, when somebody raises a palm, they mean it's victory, it's victory, it's triumph, it's triumph. That's why people call it the triumphant entry of Jesus in Jerusalem. That's so why some theologians call it the triumphant entry, and some call it. The hour of what? Of prestige of the Lord. The hour of importance of Jesus Christ. The hour of popularity. It was his hour of popularity. Why? Because from the time he came from the earth, from the time he was born, he was always lowly and meek, a humble fellow. He never sought attention. He never sought anything. He never sought people to raise him a certain way, carry him a certain way. He never did any of that, but that was his hour of popularity. That was a time he came, carried, they put things down, they they were waving palms, everybody was worshiping this and that, right? Why? Because it was a fulfillment of the word in Zechariah 9 and 9, which says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion, shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass, upon a colt, the fall of an ass, the young one of a donkey. So this was a fulfillment of prophecy. And so because this was part of the things that fulfilled the person of Christ and his ministration for later people to have understanding of why it was done, he did it to fulfill Zechariah 99. That is one occasion that happened in the history of the Christ. It is not supposed to be something that is emulated every day in the life of men of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It was one hour of the Lord Jesus Christ of popularity in the fulfillment of Scripture. So it is not something that should be done to get clothes, and the oh, man of God is coming, and if the blessed he's he that comes in the name of the Lord, they'll kill you after seven days. If you want to fulfill all scripture. <laughs> It's amazing what is happening in the church of Jesus Christ. But we are praying. Tell your neighbor we are praying. This was a fulfillment of the word of Jesus. Unless you want to die too. So. This. Happens. And they are screaming. So there are even those I think who think. Maybe the feast has been. We are all coming to worship the king of kings. If I don't the Bible says there will be no rain. In my house. That means a blessing will not come in my own household. Hey, let me have. There are some i seen people doing it. But if they don't do it, what if a blessing doesn't fall in your house? If you're a reader of Zechariah, you will run. Because you need to celebrate the Lord of hosts and worship him as the king. Praise God. And then they're all screaming, "Blessed!" Now, for them, they're thinking a certain revolution has come through a certain charismatic hero. And this fellow is going to set them free from the rulership, the tyranny of Rome. That's what they're thinking. Then he goes through his marching. Yay! I think after that, they went on conversing with each other. And they were saying, you know what? Oh my God. The guy came. I saw him. Did you see him? Oh, I wish I saw him. Everyone was excited. Oh my God, this guy is going to deliver us. He's going to deliver us. He's going to deliver us. Is that all excitement? Seven days later, the chap is dead. He's what? Is dead. Wow. Right? You can imagine that frustration, that disappointment when it hits an X generation eh? They call them the Xenials. Right? The ones who are born in 1999, 1994, 2000. Imagine their reaction. What? Like, really? <laughs> like, like so, like I even put my clothes down. Hey, hey. Do you know how expensive my cloth was, eh? Like chick, I put my cloth down. Can you believe it? Eh? I even had a meeting with my boyfriend. I told the guy wait for me, I have to see the king. What chennas? What? <laughs> the shenanigans. I always started it. What? Started it. Chick. Eh? Like really, really like he was, Henry. <laughs> really? Like really. You know, they get so shocked. Eh? I wonder if they were in that time. Eh? And those ones with social media, munange, hmm, status. Like, trust no people. <laughs> they love venting on statuses. They are always venting either on WhatsApp or Facebook. They don't understand anything called patience. Nothing like that. Like, why? Like, why? Why, why, did I even, why did I even give you a headache? Like, what are you up to? What? Mu patience Four months. What? Cheek. They're like that. So, we pray for them in Jesus' name. Amen. That God will help them. They would have been hard to explain to that time. But thank God the guys that time didn't have social media and Facebook and Twitter and Skype and all these things. They were not blogging. Praise God. So it's a disappointment. He's not the king we were waiting for. I know that there are some who saw the miracles and the day they see him die like a normal man bleeding like humanity when they've had him walking on water and raising the dead and they see him bleed. Many of them knew that there was no hope for that nation. He's crucified on a Roman cross. Like he's nothing. What was he to change? Remember, Rome had imposed its mentality. What was Roman mentality? R- Roman rulership, the emperor, to be an emperor in Rome, it was not monarchical. Right? It was not father for son and son for father. No. It was the winner takes it all. Survival for the fittest. When the emperor dies... Somebody has to fight for that position. That's how the barbarians come from the north like the Constantines and then they take over. You see emperors fighting, fellow emperors. It was rare that an emperor would fight to put their child in position. If the boy was weak, he was not going to be emperor. With Rome, you had to fight for position. And so the Jews also know that if somebody has to come that way, he has to come with enough force. He has to come with an army. He has to come with the money. He has to come with everything you need to be a leader. You have to come with everything necessary to be king. So some are assuming probably this guy has an army behind him. He has a certain procession of of strength and weaponry that is enough to withstand any force against Rome. That was the mentality they have. Lo and behold, he's crucified by a Roman, by the Romans. Nails are going through them. Many of them went back to their home and counseled themselves and their wives and children told them, this is not the one we have been waiting for. No wonder up to today, Judaism thinks Jesus has not come. They think he'll come one day, not now. All right? And now the scriptures, as I've read for you, finally tell you where I wanted to take you. That all the people that were in the triumphant celebration of the entry of the Son of God in Jerusalem, none knew exactly why he was doing it. They're celebrating him. right? And now you discover through John that not even his disciples knew what they were doing. So the people walking with him don't know anything of why they're doing what they're doing. The Jews that are around them celebrating and screaming don't know anything of what they're doing. The son of God is seated on a donkey fulfilling Zechariah 9.9. He's waving with these guys who don't even have a clue. In him, all he knows is I'm fulfilling scripture. But none of these people around me know what is happening. It is possible. It is very possible to be in the presence of God and not know what He's doing. It is very possible to enter church service and scream with everyone. Nothing is impossible through you. I was here, I can do. All. They are screaming, Woo! but but they don't have a clue. Like he told a Samaritan woman, you worship what you know not. They don't have a full revelation of what they're doing. Why do you worship? Why do you praise? And you have those political answers. I worship him because he's God. I praise him because, you know, he, he resides in the praises of his people. He peripetals, He walks through them. Right? So I worship him because his Lord is a... You know what he has done for me? has given me life. <laughs> right? And then you start listing the 720 things he has done for you, giving you reason to praise him. And then many of those things you're talking about are bread and food and clothes and shoes and fees and cars. And yes, those things are worth worshiping him. But you don't know him. You don't know him. You meraki, you calopsia, you... Serendipity, you are a poet, poetess. You even put it on your WhatsApp profile. Sometimes I see people getting excited in someone's, and I'm like, I wish this person knows what they hallelujah, somebody. But for me, that irony of people who scream and then you preach the gospel, right? And then they even turn to it and then and you're like, oh my god, this has sunk. And then after like two weeks, you hear a call. Kr-r-r-r-r-r. Ten. Is this a person, base? <laughs> Apostle Grace, speak a word, send a word, send a word. And you say, Poetess, (laughs) Poet, Poet, where is your word? Where where did you leave yours? Serendipity, what has happened? Calopsia, Meraki, What, what is wrong? Physician, heal thyself. But when it's on Thursday, oh my goodness. Some people send you messages. Eh? Someone sent something like, Apostle, after today's sermon. I mean, you have preached, right? But this sermon, right? What I just had tonight, it's finished all my answers, I mean all have been answered, I mean I've been struggling for. Now. Apostle you just watch me <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny it can take another month eh? and then the same person sends and says Ah, uh, now this one uh, 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 this one, Apostle, this one I don't even have words he meets you like this and he's like Like you have preached so deep. Listen. That is the power of allowing God to work through you. You always have an endless flow. Somebody receive it. So. The, 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 and then they have this excitement. Right? Which is but for a moment. Right? Which is but for a what? For a moment. And then circumstances come. Calamity comes. Trials come. Issues come. And then that same person sends you a message. Man of God. I don't know why I'm born again. Angela. Like, what? I don't know why I'm born again. Angela. Like, you were the person I saw screaming. Even in the praise you came. They left their chair and came in front. Ding, 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 they even started dancing. <laughs> why were you dancing? You're looking, you're looking silly already. No, the word silly means unserious, eh? it's not an abuse. You're looking unserious already because you are the same person who are screaming that Sunday. That Saturday people, you're even in the pictures like this. You're in the middle of a dance, and then you're the same person telling me or asking yourself where you're born again. You mean everything you are doing you did not believe? That's the thing. Seven days later, the man is dead, and they all walk away. They are sure that's the end of him. That's the end of him. That's the end of him. When the Bible says he expounded, right? Of himself in the scriptures. When the Bible starts to speak of how Jesus takes time to expound unto them in all the scriptures. The things concerning himself beginning at Moses. Many people don't know that that was after the death. It was after the resurrection. That means there were things they could not understand before the glorification. You see, there is a revelation of the Christ that only comes after the revelation of his glorification. If you don't understand the glorification, there are certain things you will never understand about the person of Jesus Christ. Luke 24, 27 will tell you that. This was after his resurrection. Right? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. Now expounding means that you could not get it. Before my glorification. After my glorification. You will understand it. And there is also stuff you understand. After you are filled with the Holy Ghost. Baptized in the Holy Ghost. They had believed. Some had believed. Had some hadn't. But there are things that. If you do not understand the glorification. Of the Christ. There is sin and revelations. From Moses you will never understand. Even if they explain it to you in the most articulative way, you'll never understand. Some things, when you start walking in the spirit of revelation, that's when you realize that experience is key in the revelation of the person of Christ. Because some things cannot be given to you as we explain to you words in your head. Some things can only be imparted in your spirit. Like when Pontius Pilate, you remember the story of Pontius Pilate? Pontius walks to Jesus and Jesus tells him, unless you know the truth, you cannot get of this kingdom. You will not understand where am I am at. And Pilate asked Jesus, what is truth? Some people don't know that the moment Pilate asked, there is a vision God placed on the soul of Pilate. And the next thing we know, he goes out and says, I find no fault in this man. How can the same man asking what is truth turn and say, I find no fault in him. There is a vision that was cast on him. That is not something that was taught Pontius Pilate. It was something, truth revealed to him when he was standing before it. It was something that unrighteousness faces when it comes before true righteousness. There's a revelation it hits. Sometimes we don't need to tell people that we're Christians. There are things in our spirits. They might not even know that we're born again, but there's a light they will see and say this person is different. From any normal person I've met, may it happen on you, that even when you find non-believers, in any manner rich nation you'll enter, something will be on life on your life that will reveal that there is no fault in you except truth. Somebody shout, "Hallelujah. That's also something to preach. It's deeper than what I've just said in a few minutes. Truth is revelational, even to those that don't know him, a certain way. There are many facets. the person of Christ is imprinted on the souls of men, to his wife. It was in a dream. He said, do nothing. Have nothing to do with that man. For he tormented me with many things last night. It depends on how he's revealed. And there are many. They're called the facets in which the Christ reveals himself as truth. So, here is a challenge. And and we see that they're spreading garments. They're cutting branches of trees. Storing them in the way. Waving Palms, thinking that the day of triumph and victory is come. Some of you may ask maybe, why is it that it's Palm Sunday today and we are not waving palms? Because according to the revelation we have in present truth, for us it's not one day. Thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph and maketh manifest the savour of his knowledge by us in every place. That means for us triumph is not one day. If we ever make a service of shaking palms, we shall only do it in commemoration of one day but not an experience of the Christian faith. The Christian faith is triumphant every day. Hallelujah. In fact, if you were wise, you'd put a palm in your house and shake it every morning. (laughs) Because for us, it's not just one day. Every day we are triumphant through him. So you understand now. Where did you get it from? Rome. You got it from religion. You got it from religious folk. Because many of you in your religious days, you shook palms every Palm Sunday. For me, every Palm Sunday was an excited day. Because for us, when we were children, it was just about the fun of... That shake. I don't know what it does to a kid. You know, but it's nice, right? And then you go at the end and then you get the end of one and then and then you slice it in three pieces. Then you make a mat, right? A triple cord on one side. Then you fold it like that. And then you go so on the other side and then you tear it. See things explore and grow. Hallelujah. And then the joy of Palm Sunday, right? Those days when you meet relatives you have not met in a very long time. That excitement. But then also the joy of knowing that there's a very nice chicken available you understand? Rice, and then, you know, matoke, peas, watch. Everything is just there, right? All right? That's the day you eat food like you've not eaten in a long time. Celebration of what? Palm what? <laughs> Sunday. But there was no revelation. But we religiously carried the palms. What's the difference between those guys and the other guys? There is no difference. We didn't know what we were worshipping. But we were excited. It was Palm Sunday. We prayed. We put on our best clothes. We ironed. Praise God somebody. So we see. That these people were celebrating a Christ they did not know. Even the mind they had. Of the Christ was not so. His kingdom was not of this world. He was not coming to redeem them. From Roman rule. That's a small thing. He was coming to give them life. The life which is of God himself. He was coming to heal their diseases. He was coming to give them a joy unspeakable full of glory. He was coming to give them a peace that passes all understanding. To God their hearts and minds in Christ. He was coming to give them a knowledge. The precise and concise knowledge of him. He was coming to give them freedom. The true freedom which is of the spirit for who saw the sun sets free is free indeed. But their vision was small. It was limited. Right? They didn't get it. And then in Matthew 23, 39 he said that ye shall not see me henceforth till ye say blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. That was again in 23 he's almost dying. And he says you will not see me again. That was after the the experience. But he says them, you see, you will not see me again until the day you say, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. It means another time shall come. Right? When they will say, you will say the same things. And that shall be at my second appearance. He's telling them, I'll be back. He was telling them, I'll come back. I will come back. I'll come back. I'll come back. And John the Revelator later sees it in Revelation 7 and 9. And he says, and after this I beheld lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, and clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. He saw that event coming later, but when John the Revelator sees this in Revelation 7:9, he sees the complete understanding of all kindred, all people, all tongues from all nations at that particular point were doing it in the revelation of the person. That means that this salvation was not only for the Jew. He did not come as the king of the Jews. He came as the king of the world. He was not only a king of one kindred and one tribe and one nation and one blood. No, he was for all nations, all kindred, all people, all tongues. The revelation will come clearly at the second coming. And we'll see men doing that in the right way and the right revelation of how it ought to be done. But you see, they were thinking that is the king. Of what? Of the Jews. In fact, in Matthew, they call him of our father, David. The kingdom of our father is getting restored. There's a revelation there. Palm Sunday is proof also that this victory is not only for the Jew. It's for you too. Whosoever believes in him has the right. But deeper than that. How many things, how many experiences have bypassed us and we took them for face value, yet the Christ deeply wanted to reveal way more than we could see. You remember what he told Peter? That for this reason have I appeared unto thee, that you will be a minister and witness of those things which you have seen, and in the things in which I shall appear unto you. How many things has the Christ appeared? How many things are happening right now? And there are a fulfilment of sacred scripture, and many of us our eyes are blind to that reality. Because if we are blind to the person, it means we cannot truly worship. It means that our worship is in part; it's not in full. Worship is a revelation. And that revelation does not only come in the person that you're worshipping only, but also in the designing of the times and seasons of his purpose. I don't understand how somebody thinks that they're a worshipper because they can sing. No, you're simply a good singer. A worshipper is not someone with a good voice, no. A worshipper is the person who has both the revelation of the person that is worshipping and the purpose, the seasons and timings of the individual he worships. How can our worship be full? He says, you worship what you know not. For they that worship him, they worship him in spirit and in truth. And the word that I speak to you, it's spirit and what? And life. This word that God gives us is to the end that he will have the full revelation of who he is and worship him indeed as he is. But also in there, have the revelation of his mind concerning purpose in the time that we're in, in the seasons that we are in, in the appointed experiential times that shall come. That makes us fool. That makes us relevant in a generation that does not know him. Because we live in a generation that appears to know him, but it does not know him. The Bible says they worship me with their lips, but their hearts are so far. Recently, I tuned on my television and I was watching a group of young people singing praise. And they were jumping. And again, I speak this as an apostle. You don't need to believe me. But I know exactly what the Spirit told me. He told me, Grace, they don't even know what they're doing. They don't even know what they're doing. The Lord said it. I just found myself weeping. I said, they don't know what they're doing. He said, yeah, they don't even know who they're worshiping. But there was a bunch of Christian kids. You know, there's some that are scripting the church unawares. It's excited, but it's not revelational. Right? And pastors think that that's the way we get youth in church. And I'm not saying we don't dance for God. You know we do. We'll do praise rallies and worship days if you want. But I've seen young people in a praise concert with t-shirts and jeans and nice shoes, and they look smart, they look like they know what they're doing. But it's empty. It's loud, but it's empty. There is no spirit to it. No, we are talking of a praise that will get a lemon man out of a chair and he starts walking because indeed he inhabits the praise of these people. We're talking of a praise that as you're standing to sing and worship, a man will bust out in tongues speaking holy faith things Without any planned thing. It's happening spontaneous. We're talking of a worship that young men will have in a presence and blind eyes start opening and deaf ears hear and then the damp spout starts speaking. We're speaking of a presence where tumors should break when men are praising God. Not this nonsense we're seeing in 2019. I've seen it and it's empty. It's empty. I put it on TV. Do I have a witness? Have you seen some on TV and you're like, but this is not God. No. Go to the early church. Go to the early experiences. The Bible says the cloud would fill the room. Even the priests were. And where is that God? That used to make men put down microphones. Not because they cannot sing. But the glory of God is overwhelming. And then you see some people sing and everything is dry. They're just there, but everything is dead. They're screaming and jumping. The The youth had fun, but it's empty. It's empty. It's temporal. It's temporal. It's temporal. That day they released the report and they said 80% Of the youth. No, 88% of the youth in the United States of America are not in church. Yet no nation has gone ahead in the gospel like America. So you can imagine. 80% they are not in church. UK it's worse. But also those who are in church, do they know what they are worshipping? Have they encountered the anointing? Do they know what it's like to go deep in God, to experience him? Have have they tested a certain glory? And that's what I feel so sorry for, most of the X generation. These people have not tested much power. They don't know what it's like to test power. They don't know what it's like to be, you know, carried by the spirit of the Lord. They they, they have not had a certain experience. You, You understand what I'm saying? Many of them, they don't get it. They don't get it they they can't even pray you look at many 19 year 2000 they don't know how to pray they can't even sustain a prayer for 30 minutes they can't it's too much for them but they can watch tv they can but it's so hard for them to maintain a prayer they can't they can't tarry back in our days to be charismatic you had to preach for 2 hours today they can't even stand 30 minutes of service the form, but denying the power. Do you know God? That's the question. Go back with that question, God. Do I know you even as I ought to know you? We have not gotten young people because we excite them. No. Young people are hungry. They are hungry. They are hungry. They are hungry. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus has to be revealed. We have to live the excitement of putting down clothes and putting down tree leaves and raising palms and screaming, but without the revelation of the person of Jesus Christ. Now I want you to raise your voice and speak to God. Tell Him, God, I just want to know You. In the secret, the quiet. talk to god in the stillness of air in the secret the quiet to we have the full disarming comprehension, and revelation of everything you do in our time, in its season and timing. By that way, God, we will be relevant. We will have an answer for our generation. We will walk in the wisdom that you have ordained for us to walk therein for our glory. Give us the mind, the revelation, the patience, and the brokenness to receive. May we dance in revelation. May we worship in revelation. May we speak in revelation. May we serve in revelation. May we work in revelation. May we minister in the revelation of your person, God. That every time we gather to celebrate you, we know what you're up to. It's our prayer. So I bless them this week. Let them see your goodness. Let them see your glory. Let your face shine upon them. Let them see effect. Let them see impact. Let them see understanding. Let them see favor. Let them see answers. In Jesus name we have prayed and believed. And all saints said. Amen. And if you have been. Going to church. Coming to church. Wherever you go. But you realize now. That you did not have a relationship. You did not know him. And you want to receive him tonight. As your Lord and Savior. Because you see. You can laugh with us, praise with us, come every service with us and go to hell. And not have the fullness of what he has for you because you don't know him. But tonight I want to give you an open invitation to come and receive him as your Lord and Savior. If you've never given your life to Jesus, repeat these words after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe tonight with my heart that you died for me because you love me that you shed your blood for me tonight i confess with my mouth that you are lord and savior of my life i'm born again my life is yours my heart is yours my body is yours my soul is yours Amen. The message you have just heard was brought to you by Finero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 41 466 4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.funero.org Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com/slash funero Fenero Make Manifest.